Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. What an awesome podcast you're about to listen to. This is Randy Frisch. I've got Anna Harak here with me. And I think anytime, Anna, we get to have Andy Carcedina join this podcast, it's just going to be fun. Like, if we ever needed a third co host together, it's got to be Andy because it's just such a natural conversation. Anytime he's on a podcast, in a room, what have you. Yeah, it's actually really interesting how naturally he can flow from talking about, you know, Google Analytics and doing, you know, real-time analytics tracking on stage all the way into like the dystopian future of Black Mirror. Like it's kind of crazy how natural that transition is. It's you're right. We we could have like I, I think at one point in this podcast we're talking about Frozen and then somehow we're talking about naked people within like ten seconds of each other. Uh, but it was very natural as as we found out as we got there and people are now like okay I got to listen to the end. Uh, but I know people are probably like scratching their heads right now and like what did I just tune into? Yeah, what in the world was it? Uh, but Andy, for everyone who doesn't know Andy, he's been on this podcast a couple times before. He is the co-founder and CMO at Orbit Media Studios. Uh, they will help you optimize your site, your content strategy. And Andy's got this amazing book called Content Chemistry that's, you know, we, we talked at length as to what is it? Is it a book? Is it a guide to life? Is it a textbook? Uh, I think it's a guide to life at the end of the day, uh, especially if you're a marketer. Oh, totally. Yeah. This is something that honestly is a resource. It's a handbook. It's a field guide. It's It covers the most essential pieces of content marketing all the way down from you know how to create a strategy to the history of sort of the internet and how we got here now, all the way up to you know daily tips and tricks that you can use. It really is something that I think every marketer and every content marketer should have, you know, it's just going to be filled with highlights and post-its and notes in the margins. It's really that good of a book. Yeah. And, and yeah, we, we called this out during the podcast and talking with Andy. And one of the things I think that's great about Andy is, is he's very fact-based because he's a big researcher. He does a lot of different surveys during the year that you can get involved in if you're a marketer uh, to give him feedback. And as a result, he comes across as, as very... And, you know, opinionated, but when you look deep, it's all very fact-based, right? Like a lot of his ideas, uh, you know, are are rooted in in really strong research. So it feels editorial, but at the same time, these aren't crazy statements. They're just looking at the real facts at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just a super practical how-to guide. And Randy, you and I have talked about this as well as sort of the rise of the generalist. And, you know, people are having to take on more responsibility and do things a little bit outside their wheelhouse. So this is a particularly excellent resource for anybody out there who's having to extend themselves a little bit. Maybe, you know, you're a marketing manager, but you're also now having to take on a ton of email, um, or you're having to take on a ton of social, like this is the book for you. And Andy gives a ton of amazing advice, um, pretty much just about everything. And we touch on a lot of key points, but I think everybody's really going to enjoy this episode. Um, and then want to go run out and buy content chemistry. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's, there's a great part. I, I think it's in the second part of the podcast 
podcast uh, where we talk about promotion and ways to get your content out there. You know, stick around for that piece because you know really key ways that you can you know kind of change your approach to to content marketing. Definitely. Well, I think before we give away any more, we should bring Andy in. I think you brought him in, right, Randy? That it was. All right. Well, let's go ahead and bring Andy in and hear what he has to say. Welcome to Connex, Andy. Thanks so much for being here. I mean, you know, you've been on this podcast a couple of times before, I believe. And I'm going to fully confess that I've got a bit of a cold today. I may sound off, but there was no way I was missing your return because it's always fun when you come on. I learn a lot. Anna and I are really privileged to, you know, have you here. So let, let's jump right into it. Maybe you can just, you know, remind everyone what you do on a day-to-day basis. Sure. So I'm the co-founder of a web design company here in Chicago called Orbit Media Studios. And I've been doing that plus the things that go with it, like analytics and SEO, uh, that whole time. So that's 18 years. And then it was 10 years ago that I started off on content and have done content strategy and blogging and, and social media and email marketing ever since. So I'm just one of those guys that speaks and teaches and writes a lot. And um, uh, I'm a big fan of what you guys do and have been part of your conference and, and uh, just love to be part of it. So I'm glad to be back. Absolutely. You've been a highlight at the conference. I, I think the first year you spoke there, you were the most highly uh, you know marked uh, speaker and and you did the whole delivery of a lead, which was amazing. Um, you know, maybe when when we talk at the end, we'll talk about the fact you're going to have your next delivery in your family. But we'll get we'll get to that. What are you What have you been working on these days? Well, the book is done. The fifth edition of the book is done. So, Content Chemistry is kind of an annual book, or it's a book that I have to rewrite because it goes out of date, and have done so many times over the years. So, this is now version five. And it needed a bigger step back, so it was. I was a little bit quiet for a little while. I got up about two hours early every morning, sat in my kitchen in the dark with coffee before the baby and my wife woke up, and rewrote about 80% of content chemistry. And so now it's pretty much up to speed. It's kind of where it needs to be, and um, it's launching, so I'm very excited about that. It's amazing. Yeah, Anna and I are both huge fans of this. this I, I, I want to call it an asset because it is an asset uh, to have. And it's also, it's, it's very consumable because it's kind of chunked down. Like, uh, you know, I feel like I can just open up to any page and kind of grab a thought or an idea. And I could almost write my own blog post off of that, or I could learn from it and implement. You know, one of the things that I found really cool was, you know, right, right up near the beginning, you kind of start off by contrasting where we've come from and where we're going or where we've gone. You know, from this idea of, you know, the old company website being brochureware, uh, as you call it, to where we're going now, where where there's so many things kind of coming in and out to contribute to what, what our website experiences are. Yeah, that was some feedback I got from one of the earlier editions was that uh, frame it up, give it some context, talk about the history and the state of marketing now and these huge paradigm shifts, right? Because this has been a couple of decades now. And and the tactic and channel and strategy that you and I love is putting, as Jay would say, you know, the the help before the hype. They used to all just be every website was basically just a downloadable brochure. <laughs> we made tons of them, right? That was the internet. Every site was just like a bunch of sales stuff. But now 
wait, the companies that have that have done this and have combined the tactics, and that's kind of what's in the book is like to how to combine all these tactics: search and social and email, uh, various formats, various contributors, collaborative content, influencer marketing. You put these things together, and it's just incredible how much brand awareness and the kind of lead gen you can do when you build a machine that puts that help piece up front. We're now fully in the era, both feed into um, the era of content. Yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of amazing too. I loved the, the history that you give because even though most of us have lived through it and worked through it and we kind of remember it even still because some of that is really fresh. I mean, some of those big updates didn't really even come into play until a couple of years ago. But it's so nice that you visualize just that shift and not even just, you know, reciting the history of the internet. It's really showcasing visually how much things have shifted and representing where we are today. And I think, you know, Randy, you called it like a textbook and Andy, I know you call it that too, but I see it really as like a field guide. There's so much amazing information in here. And especially as we see people taking on more and more skill sets outside of sort of their day-to-day title, right? This is really that field guide for those marketers. Yeah. And, and for the record, I think I'd be an asshole to call it textbook because we all hate textbooks. This is actually <laughs> something that people will like to have accessible by the side of their computer desk, what have you. So, I mean, I feel like it could be a textbook from one of those super fun elective classes that you just have to fill and are really interested in. It's like that kind of a textbook, like one that you love. What was each of your best joke class, but you actually really enjoyed going to. Yeah. It's a uh, college, the most popular classes, those professors understood marketing. Oh yeah. Mine was, it was pop culture. We literally learned about music, but we were, it was really a history class because you were learning about what, you know, what music was created based on the times. I learned more in that class than anything, you know, and, and you'd never get me to sign up for a history course. That's, that's what a book is, everyone. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely took one of those. It was like a, a, like a communications and film class. And it literally, we just had to watch movies every week and then write like a five paragraph essay on it. Amazing. But it was required for my degree, which was the weird thing. It was fun. Well, it's a uh, college classes and te- college textbooks can be very boring in the idea of the book. And I'm glad you said it, Anna, is to be super visual. It's supposed to be like the illustrated handbook. So there's pictures on every page, but yeah, I think that, um, and lots of schools use it as a textbook. I, I know that there's uh, plenty that do, but, uh, it's funny. College professors really could use a marketing trick or two, right? One of the most popular classes at my school was called the Quest for Human Destiny. Who doesn't want to take that class? That sounds like a that sounds like the most amazing '90s RPG video game, though. Like it feels, you know, like it feels kind of amazing. Like I want to take that class. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it was a kind of a lit class, but it was in the religion school, and um, uh, I loved it. But uh, you couldn't resist, right? Huge auditorium, like kind of a rock star. Uh, lecturer, but uh, part of the genius was just the headline, which, Hey, we know it, right? Like it matters. The words, those six, eight words you choose as your headline for whatever the format is, whatever the piece of content, whatever the event, whatever the podcast, whatever the, the article, whatever the book, whatever the college class, huge impact on the outcome, on the audience, on the reach. Nice. Um, I, so now I'm just thinking about nineties RPG video games, but so going back really quick to the textbook style and the the field guide style, one of the things you and I were chatting about before, um, we started recording was, um, you have these 
in every section, you have some amazing sort of like warning signs, right? Where you give all this amazing practical guidance and advice and how to's. And then you kind of pause for a second and make sure to balance it with some of these like warnings. And I love that they don't ever come across as condescending or negative or limiting, but it's just such great sort of like, hey, heads up. How did you kind of come to that? Because I feel like that's kind of missing with um, a lot of books that are sort of in the content marketing field. You know, we have the a lot of motivation, a lot of inspiration, but sometimes just anchoring it back is really necessary. Well, I have so many conversations every day with so many marketers about their projects and their marketing, their websites. And it's, uh, it's, I get every question. And so when you see how, what people ask, or when I give advice and see how it's, it's applied, uh, I can almost immediately find out like if there was something missing or something that was, uh, overdone or underdone or a gap. So a classic example, use video. Okay, great. Let's use video. YouTube's a popular platform. Okay. Let's host it on YouTube. Okay, now I've got a YouTube video on my website, but most people don't watch the video till the end or even notice that so many videos on so many marketing websites have suggested videos that play at the end. Like I'm on someone's website and we just mentioned I've got like a little kid. So like on the, like I'm on a management consulting website and now I'm watching SpongeBob on their website because they embedded a YouTube video and didn't uncheck the box in the embed code that said, don't show suggested videos right when this plays. So, uh, yeah, that's a classic. I thought, I thought you were going to say, cause they're not using Uber flip, but that's okay. You can keep going. You meant to, it's okay. <laughs> nice. Well, you guys solve one of the biggest problems for people, which is, which is just, uh, getting the job done. So if you, if you want to go down that path, I, there's, no, it's a, I was just, yeah, it's very rare. I try and do a product pitch, but you lined it up so well. You know, actually, I have another great example. You know, Anna before was talking about how you drop your opinion within these. And, and I think that's what's, again, we were talking about how this isn't a textbook. Textbooks are always all these like facts and here's ways to do it. There's, there's one part in, in the, in, I'm going to now call it a book, but, uh, where you, you talk about this idea that advertising is fast and temporary, whereas content marketing is slow, but durable, right? So it's like this, this thing has your editorial opinion built into it. Um, and, and I find that whole idea really, you know, something that's, that's giving us the truth, right? It's, you know, yes, it's exciting to do advertising because we think it's going to give us immediate impact, but it's not really going to last the long run. How have you seen people adapt to that change when you talk to them? I, no, I don't really notice as much how I'm injecting opinion into things, but I think you're right. I think it's definitely, I think it, um, I'm gradually getting a little edgier or trying to remove softening statements and qualifiers and just say the thing more directly. And in that case, it's just the case. It's just true, right? Every ad is temporary. It's there for as long as you keep paying for it. It disappears when you stop. But they appear also very quickly. So when you buy an ad, right, you're going to start interrupting people in that channel, wherever it is, right away. Content, longer game, slower, takes a while to get traction. It's that flywheel effect. You know, you've got to build up your lifetime body of work. But once it's out there, right, it can be like, like, like podcasts. We're making something now. This episode will be there and they're totally bingeable, right? A lot of people consume podcasts in that way. So if this was an ad we bought on the radio, it would be gone. And then who's ever going to hear it again? But we make, we're recording something that will live for weeks, months, even longer. 
And uh, that's one of the beauties of it is that the benefits are durable and the competitive advantages that you gain are durable. So the people that are that play, you know, start early, go far, and stay long. That people who do that end up crushing the competition, right? It's just a test of endurance. Nice. That's yeah. It. I love that you really emphasize that there is no magic wand. There's no genie in the lamp. There's no. Um, there's no instant pill you can take to just have all of this content work magically overnight and have all of your content marketing efforts work magically overnight. Um, I would love to get a little bit more into some of the promotion side, but first we're going to take a super quick break to hear from our sponsors. So stick around and we're going to continue talking with Andy in just a bit. Intercom is the most comprehensive platform for business messaging. It automatically picks the best leads from your site traffic to boost your top of funnel increase efficiency, and grow your business. The Intercom Messenger is customizable to match your brand and has a home screen that engages visitors with interactive content, a newsletter subscription button, lead capture, and more. And that's all before they even start a chat. Intercom's chatbot also qualifies and routes the best leads to your sales team automatically. So you can keep avoiding the VP of sales, or you could use Intercom. Start for free today at intercom.com slash growth. That's intercom.com slash growth. Hey friends, it's Jay Bear. Imagine experiencing all the awesome that is Connex, but live. Everything you love about this podcast, but for two days in three dimensions in a beautiful theater in Toronto. This year, August, you're going to hear from the best speakers about content marketing at Connex, a truly intimate networking experience with 750 marketers. I'm the co-producer of this event organized by my friends at Uberflip, and we're going to bring together brilliant strategists and brand marketers from all over the industry in Toronto. It's August 20th through the 22nd. Every single session is a keynote. The speakers have been handpicked by me. They include Andrew Davis, Scott Stratton, Tamson Webster, Amy Landino, and leaders from DocuSign, 3M, Blue Wolf, Pardot, and more. Get your ticket today at connex.uberflip.com. That's connex.uberflip.com. Use the promo code podcast to save $50 off your ticket. I will see you in Toronto. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are talking with Andy Crestedina here. So Andy, before we left for the break, we started getting into advertising and promotion. And there's a piece in your book that I want to talk a little bit about because I feel like maybe content creators might find this a little bit disheartening. But um, I don't think that they should. And I think you have a very valid reason to explain to them why they should see it as encouraging. Um, but it's basically the fact that you call out that the best content doesn't win. It's the best promoted content that wins. Can you give us a little more insight into why that is and why content creators shouldn't take this as sort of a downer? Yeah, it's just the reality of digital and content and, and how it all works, right? Because if there's a, a great piece of content with good promotion, it can't beat for visibility and attention and awareness, a good piece of content with great promotion, Right, it's the, the stuff that we see every day in our inboxes and at the top of search results and in your news feed and wherever. These aren't the the best pieces of content in, on the internet. They're the pieces that were successful at becoming visible, the best promoted, and in, it's always been true. Right, the New York Times does not have a list of the best books; they have a list of the best selling books. So, in a way, it's a little bit disheartening because it sort of suggests that we aren't getting the best stuff online. We're not finding right. It's like 
the greatest artist has never been discovered, you know, or the most beautiful song, you'll never hear it because it, <laughs> it just didn't have a good producer or marketing program behind it. But uh, the, the key to the practical takeaway is that we need to be working at least as hard on promoting our content, on making it visible, on getting it out there as we are on making it. Now, yeah, so you get the idea. Yeah, man. And I was going to say, you're so much more eloquent than me sometimes because I, I tried to say this recently, but I, I chose more choice words, I guess. You know, earmuff your kids if need be right now, but I told everyone to go fuck content marketing. And uh, yeah, some people yelled at me, they're like, what do you mean? And, I, and my point was not that content marketing is bad. It's, you know, like you're saying, it's don't bother creating it unless you have a way to get it out there to your audience in a way where they will consume it in a meaningful manner. Exactly. It's not, you can make something beautiful, you can make something brilliant, you know, but it's not useful to the world unless it is seen and applied. This isn't for fun. We're not doing this for our health. Where I I disagree with some of the, um, where it gets, where it starts to break down is in the teachers who say, well, you should spend half your time creating it and half your time promoting it, or you should spend 20% of your time creating it and 80% of your time promoting it. Because what I think is missing from that is that really it's the, while you're creating it, you're, you're building in the promotion. So what, it's not like a separation of time. For example, keyword research. I'm writing, I'm using key phrases, I'm understanding the semantics, I'm looking at how Google's thinking of this phrase and this topic, and I'm you know, ang- choosing my angle based. I mean, what am I doing? Creation or promotion? It's both. They don't, they're not really separate things. You create promotable content. That's sort of the job. And then you promote it. So they're blended together, they're mixed. Social media marketers know this. What topics are trending? Is that research piece creation or promotion? So bottom line, have a plan to make sure that your stuff gets seen, including collaborators. Give yourself a, a social media advantage. Use high-impact high visuals. You know, Improve your click-through rates. Align it with a topic and key phrase. Give yourself an SEO advantage. Like All those little things must be considered during the creation of the content. Otherwise, it's just crickets, you know, like what happens? Nothing will happen. It's, it's not, the job isn't to, it's the difference between just blogging and content strategy, right? Randy, this is kind of what your point is. Well, and I think too, that, you know, exactly kind of what, you know, you're saying and Randy's saying, and exactly what your book touches on Andy is that, you know, if we're just heads down and we're just focused on just writing, that's not going to do anybody any good. You have to pull from all these different sources. You have to look at analytics. You have to look at trending topics. You have to look at search. I mean, there's so many places that, you know, that really that strategy and having that foundation laid down effects and you can't just go create content and put it out there. It's not the field of dreams. Yeah. And when you start to get a feel for it, I think it's fun. It's actually more fun to play it like a sport and to, and to, and to, and to plan the promotion and do that work because you get to see the results. And eventually it's like, uh, you get a feel for it. Um, we talked about this at Connex one year. It was like, um, the different, like some content has a natural advantage in search. Other content has a natural advantage in social content that answers questions. Great in search. Content that triggers emotions, great in social. It meets expectations, good in search. It's unexpected, good at social. It's text in long form, good in search. It's visual and uh, compelling, it's good in social. So I can almost look at a headline, right? Eventually, like you can just see a topic and know if that's going to work, and if so, in which channel. It's really, I, I enjoy that. I mean, it's, uh, it's super interesting to me, it, you know, how algorithms work, how human psychology works. So it can be overwhelming, I think, if you just... Keep in mind, you know, like, wow, there's like way too many concepts here. But that's the point of 
the book is to lay it out so that it's all prescriptive. Well, yeah, this chapter and, and every once in a while, Anna and I like to try and remind people why we call this podcast the content experience. Everything you're talking about right now is about that experience that people go through. I mean, this chapter, you know, there's there's a this very basic part in it where you, I think, have like the size of someone's finger, right? To remind us, you know, on a mobile experience, how is someone going to click on your call to action in your piece of content, right? You know, how are you going to structure that asset? And, you know, I, I think that's it's obviously part of promotion, but a lot of us kind of think, okay, now that I figured out creation, now I'm just going to put it out there and, and hope people find it because I put dollars behind it. But I, I think what you get into in here is, is it a lot more thought goes into when you're doing that, how they experience on different devices. Yeah. Post and pray doesn't really work too well. If only it did. Uh, okay, Andy, this is this is always fun. We can go on for hours here, but uh, you know, one of the things that's always fun about you is getting to know you as well. So we're going to get you to stick around here on the podcast for a couple minutes, get to know what's going on in your life behind the scenes. Right back here with Andy Christina on Connex. All right, Andy. So uh, we've got a couple more minutes here. You know, work and life always ends up weaving together. And I alluded at the beginning to the fact that when you were at your first appearance at Connex, you did the delivery of a lead and you compared it to delivering your first child uh, and what that what that experience for you and your wife looked like. And I'm very excited for you because you you've got another one on the way. So you know, tell us a little bit about that and how you're going to work it into a blog post. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, you know, who's like putting his, using his kids for marketing. That was, it. oh, I use my kids for marketing every day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, they got to get, you got to, they got to pay the bill somehow. Well, the, um, uh, that video was real time analytics, which is kind of hard to capture, but eventually I got it. That showed a visitor flowing through the website through the brochure part of the website, right? There's the con- there's two kinds of visitors. There's the visitors who do the blog and the content marketing content. And there's the visitors to the sales pages who we want to convert into leads. So you could see in that video, right? Like the person was traveling from a service page to the about page, to the contact page, to the thank you page. A lead was born, demand was generated. Like it really captured that moment. It's fun to show people and remind them that this is happening everywhere all the time on your competitor sites and on your site. And then at the end, I showed the baby. So that was two years ago, because he's two years now, uh, next week. And the new baby's on the way. We're going to name her Ada, little girl. Amazing. Yeah. Ada's the name of the world's... Um, Ada Lovelace is the first programmer in the world. Not the first female programmer. I correct people. The very first programmer, the person who wrote the very first algorithm was Ada Lovelace, a woman. So let's not confuse that. I It bothers me when people describe her as the first female programmer. That's so, um, but yeah, she's, um, uh, she's gonna, uh, she's a mystery to me. I'm very excited about her. who is this woman or this child that's going to be born. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, any day now, technically due dates in 10 weeks, but we'll see, or in 10 days, but we'll see. Yeah. There's no, no, no science to that. All, all art. Yeah. No schedule. It's not, in, not, in, not scheduled in, um, in a tool there. You can't, uh, there's no, there's no app for that. There's, there's no guidebook tech. Look, nothing, nothing. Nice. Well, I'm sure as the little one is on the way or even after she arrives, um, you are 
going to be watching a ton of Netflix and streaming shows, keeping your, um, keeping your kid busy today. So when you are not going to be watching all of, all of their shows, like I'm sure you've seen frozen probably a million and one times by now. Right. Yes. Um, so when you actually get it, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) When you actually get a couple of minutes to yourself, um, and you actually get to watch some adult shows that you like on Netflix, what are those shows? What would you recommend for anybody kind of surfing right now? Well, I'll be the millionth person to recommend black mirror. Who's yeah. I mean, how deep are you guys into this? I'm, I'm into it, but it's, it's disturbing sometimes. Sometimes. Like you should not watch that show if you're alone on the road. Like you know, Andy, I know you do a lot of talks and stuff. Don't watch that like before you go to bed alone. It's it's just you know your mind wanders. <laughs> it's scary. It's too 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 real. Um, Westworld is coming back that HBO show, so we might get that again. That's another like future kind of dystopia. Like I can't I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be really good. Um, there's a lot of Black Mirror spinoffs. I think. Uh, or not spinoffs, but copycats. Amazon's trying to make one. Um, I wanted to watch Altered Carbon. Never got through the first episode. It's funny. I literally watched, tried to watch it yesterday on the plane back from Chicago. You know, your your hometown, and uh, yeah, it 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 was a little too much. I, where's the new like arc, big story arc, like sci-fi, like Battlestar Galactica? Do you remember that one? I loved that show. My issue with that show that you just, I can't even remember the, the name of it. You never, you ever know when you're on a plane and you've downloaded one of these episodes and there's just too much nudity and you're just like so conscious of, of the screen. You're like, I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not the guy who's like in to do this. And like, for sure, there's like a kid one row behind you. It's like, keeps poking that up and you're just like, no, can't do it. Anymore. And you would never have even noticed it if you'd been at home. Uh, for sure not. You'd just be like, ah, oh, it's a little casual, you know. This is a show. Yeah, it's a, then it's just a show. But now when you've got kids around, like that's, that's another thing that changes. It's like suddenly you're like hyper aware of like, oh my God, is that what that song's really about? I always loved that song. And now they're, they, they can't say that. No, it's kind of funny. Nice. I also love um, the pendulum swing going from like frozen, super lighthearted Disney movies all the way over to like dystopian future where like technology is controlling us and completely ruining us. So um, nice. I like I like that that pendulum swing. The net, the algorithms are very confused, right? What is your what is your uh, Netflix look like? The recommended shows are like you know like a dinosaurs on the beach, and then it's like saw four or like <laughs> so, like crazy ridiculous contrast i love it well andy thank you so much like like randy said i feel like we could just go on forever you're so much fun to talk to but unfortunately our time has come to a close so on behalf of randy frisch at Uberflip, thank you so much for joining us um this has been conax the content experience show podcast you can find this podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts these days including itunes spotify stitcher google play and of course, at contentexperienceshow.com. Just do us a favor, everybody. When you do find us, leave us a message and let us know what you love and what you'd like to hear more of on the show. We love your feedback. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you all next week. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. 
The content experience at show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.